Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another show. I'm here with John Templeton from Peak Venture. John, super thrilled to have you. You got up not too early, but you know, 9 a.m. there, 4 p.m. here. Really glad to have you on the show. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Now, um, I always like to jump in with the guest at the beginning, just hearing a little bit about you know, what Peak Venture does so people can get context, since that's going to inform the whole rest of the show. So tell us a little bit about Peak Venture and what you do there, what your whole team does. Interesting, man. Well, yeah. Um, firstly, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, regardless of the time, it's, it seems to have aligned pretty well, right? Um, but, you know, Peak Venture recently is, is, a, is like a collective reformation and emerging of everything I've done to date um, since starting my first business six years ago in, 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 the, in the fitness industry of all places, right? So very much service-based, very much um, giving transformation to people. And um, that's, that's what I fell in love with. So Peak Ventures, kind of the result of that, Peak Ventures is giving a platform to people so that they can um, launch and scale their business and, and really get some, you know, some outcomes in that regard, but also to look at the peak performance um, experience in their life, the physical, the mental, the social, the spiritual, and the financial. So that's peak performance in a nutshell, man. I really zeroed in on the the spiritual when I was checking out your Instagram because that's a big part of my business as well, where it's just like, man, I feel like I can nail the rest of it. And if I'm missing that one, I'm missing a lot, right? It's kind of like the, the first thing that has to be in order to have the rest of it in order. Yeah, well, I suppose you're right, you know, definitely. It, it, it's kind of everything else is a reflection of that, am I right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Now, can you break down a little bit more? So you, you said that you work with other creators, consultants, and are you working mainly with folks starting out or um, is this services for like established coaches or established consultants? Or Yeah, who's, who is it that you really help? Well, I suppose there's what I specialize in and then there's what I, what I enjoy as well. So that kind of narrows in everything at the end of the day. So what I specialize is working with someone that for example, just the other day, I was consulting a gentleman that's that's never been a part of this kind of energy before. He, he wasn't really aware of consultants or coaches or mentors at all. So he was starting out from scratch. And it was so interesting. There's so much love for that experience right there when you give someone this, what I call a Satori moment, growth through insight. Mm. Give them this moment to see and you just watch their whole life crumble or break and remake itself in front of your eyes, right? So working with people that are just starting out is a beautiful thing. Working with a team, working with the professional values of a team, perhaps um, in, a, in an established company is, is also a very exciting thing, something that I create programs and packages for as well. So it's really pretty across the board. Um, it's like talking to a freestyle rapper, right? Uh, <laughs> pretty much do anything. Um, it's just how much you're about it, you know, how much you love it, you know. Man, yeah, that would, that would be a fun side show. I just like two <laughs> white guys on freestyling. It would be a good show. It would be a very good show. <laughs> so they, they, that, it sounds like with all of it, if you're going to do an 80-20 or anything, like do you have 80% comes from one demographic and 20% comes from the other? Or is it really just like depends on the month? Sometimes it's mostly established. Sometimes it's mostly uh, folks that are starting the journey. Or yeah, how does it split down? The focus is put on to um, launching businesses for these entrepreneurs, for these coaches and consultants. So that's sort of where I'll look. That's where 100 of my attention will go. But then obviously my team as well will look at um, acquiring leads and, and acquiring interest from these other people as well. It's just 
ask yourself this, right? Um, you have a skill, you have an ability, you have a bottle of water. Are you going to sell that to just one group of people? Um, or are you going to, you know, really try to maximize that, that reach? Um, so besides the point, but you, you get where I'm coming from. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a curiosity just because I find that at least in, in my experience, sometimes something emerges as even if I didn't plan on specializing, right? Something like you're like, ah, here's where people seem to resonate the most or here's where uh, people seem to get the most value. And so it, it almost like self sorts. I don't know if you nerd out about like complex or emergent systems where you're like, man, it just happens. Things I didn't plan it this way, but simple rules make complex results. And it's a, it's a fascinating thing to see sometimes. And, uh, yeah. 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 What's the word I'm looking for? It, it comes up very often. <laughs> it's the precision, right? Precision. Everything is so precise, mm. whether you agree with it or not, or whether you planned it or not. Um, mm. But it's interesting to, like, in retrospect, looking back, it's interesting to see, um, in reference to each other, the the feeling that came as a result of either the complex or the simple actions. You know what I mean? It's it's always so fascinating to see, and then building that pathway forward, taking simple action, but choosing to rather live as the outcome and just to um, walk and talk as the contradiction. So you see a huge amount of progress happen from these simple actions, you know, and right now I'm just going on a flow. There's, there's no real direction for this, but um, it's, it's fascinating how it works to the point where I even got the, the Lado tattooed on my hand. Oh, wow. Which is wow. living as the outcome, you know, mm. yeah that now we're touching into a rabbit hole. Now we're, now we're, um, we're approaching that doorstep, you know? Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? No, I'd say, I think that there's some rabbit holes that are, uh, are infinite for a reason, right? Like you can, you can just keep going down of, uh, the ultimate purpose or ultimate outcome question and spend a lot of uh, well-spent time probably like trying to discuss and talk about that oh my gosh the, I, I almost uh, you know, wish we could have a second show that's based off of like the spirituality of business and dive into that this you know generally on these we stick to like all right what's the current you know we workshop businesses we workshop agencies and we go hey how are other agencies overcoming constraints because i find that um I, you know, through my agency experience for our team's agency experience, it's like people love to talk about their successes, but oftentimes there's a constraint that like the really cutting edge stuff is being found in other business owners constraints. Um, so gosh, but we got so many topics we could cover before we go there. Tell me how you got started. You said you've been doing business for six years and you started off in the fitness space, but what does that mean? Like, did you start as a personal trainer? Did you start as uh, you look like a pretty fit guy, so you're starting out just like getting your own life in order. Walk us through the journey. Right? Give us a, a, a quick rundown of your journey. It's fascinating. If you knew me in college, I was by no means anyone that was inclined to pursue business or, or at, at the time it seemed like inclined to pursue success. And anyway, I wanted to go to the army and kind of let that be the end of it. Huh. That was kind of me just me doing what I loved you know, going to the army or joining the police force, that very physical dude, right? Um, and then I had some problems with the law, actually, at that time. I was uh, I was um, not not the most in line person at that time, back in 2015, 2014. Um, 
And then I was sitting there one time, one day, and I decided it's, it's interesting how it's compared to decisions that I make these days, how I make a decision these days, because the decision was made in a moment and it was a life-changing decision because it's been a life-changing journey to this point. Um, but I decided that I wanted to start my business. So immediately I, um, you know, looked into registering my company and, and doing all sorts of different things. Then to be a personal trainer, you need to go study. Obviously <laughs> you need, you prefer you're qualified than not. Otherwise you're going to look into some trouble. <laughs> um, so I went, um, you know, deep into that direction. I didn't end up spending years on years studying to get some um, degrees and, and all sorts of different things. I just got what I needed because in business, you know, it's about your passion. You know, it's, 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 and you will have heard, heard this all the time. It's cliche simply because it's true. It's, it's about your passion. It's about your desire. It's about um, your drive. You know, um, I got started in the personal training industry. I started scaling. I started doing so well in that business. I needed to transition online pretty quickly. Wow. Um, outperforming all the competition and all of these people constantly had done those four or five years of study um, where only done one. Um, so that's, that's what got the ball rolling for me, man. That's what ignited the, um, the business passion, you know, it was essentially the, the two months there were the, the, the starting months were the catalyst for the reaction to come, um, which is never ending. But how did you get your first client? I can't remember that. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, all right. So there's there's clients as a personal trainer, and then there's high ticket clients. So what what's high ticket client? Uh, high ticket is anywhere above four k. Let's just say three k. Sure. That sounds good. Um, my my first high ticket client um, kind of sold itself, man. Um. It's very simple and uh, sort of just walk around that gym, walk around that space. I owned that space. That was my mm -hmm. space. You know, there's, there's a, there's just authentically and dominantly, but yet gracefully kind of walking around and enjoying your, your process and what you do. Um, things tend to come to you. So they wanted to be part of it. Mm. Nice. Nice. In gym prospecting. I, I hadn't thought of that, but that, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and this is just another really funny one. I think of our, our projects where we started at, you know, I don't know, maybe uh, $500 a project and, you know, scaled up to 50000 or $200,000, I think is the biggest project. How have your prices evolved from that first client, right? The, I don't know, as a personal trainer, what do you do? You charge per hour, per session? Like what, what did that look like versus what you charge now? Awesome. So the journey of the pricing, um, as, as, as I got into it, I started charging per hour per session. That that's, let's just say that's my first day. That's my first yeah. day of being in business. Right. Um, that progressed into a, a $500 package, um, or it was 565. I think it was, nice. um, I progressed into a $1,500 package. I pivoted, so obviously I changed industry then, although the, the fitness element was always part of my businesses as it is now, um, to a $4,900 product um, and service, and then it went to $7,500, <laughs> then it went to $10,000, then it went to $25,000, um, and that's the, that's the cap. 
it's so, it's just like so fascinating to see these progressions because when you start you it's like you just don't have any real idea and it's it's almost ubiquitous i think every agency owner i've seen starts just at enough to almost cover their costs right they they have an hourly mindset and then i don't know if it's an abundance mindset that clicks or what but it's i, I just like to track and it, you know the curve just goes up like this because you start charging for value rather than time inputs and i think it's like breaking out of the hourly trap so that's that's cool i always just like to compare notes with other people because it seems pretty universal well high ticket definitely the the, the value is in is in the time um, yeah. because it's usually a, a six twelve week six month process you know what i mean so how much is that transformation worth you know a lot of the time it's it's priceless if i was to ask you more specifically with regards to the outcomes that i provide um you know how much is happiness worth how much is fulfillment worth how much is um you know 10k per month consistently worth you know to you over time it's by no means um it's 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 far greater than the investment you know and in, and in the time that it's done it's it's it's, an, it's a spectacular thing so yeah no, that makes sense. Well, that's that's a really fun background. And uh, the way, like I mentioned, the way we kind of take these episodes, a lot of times there's an arc. And so the first first arc is like where you came from, right? I, I feel like the hero's journey always applies. And it, you, you were a hero called on a journey. And you come pretty far, right? Like it, the interesting yeah. thing about life, though, I, versus you know, the, the storybook is that the hero's journey doesn't stop. So, you know, if you're going to write the chapter of your business right now, where are you at now, right? Where, where is like, um, yeah, where are you at now? You, do you have a team? Do you do it all by yourself? What's today look like for Peak Perform or uh, Peak Venture? Mm -hmm. Great question. Well, today, um, I think regardless of how big things get, I'll, I'll always be equally working in the business as much as I'm working on the business, you know. Huh. that's the thing um when 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 you start something and you you scale something and, and you grow something i always find it fascinating when um ceos um step away um but it's 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 fascinating so that's what i'm doing but the goal is is continuing to build this ecosystem an ecosystem feeds itself an ecosystem grows itself and um getting members a part of that independently associating people with that and just growing the reach growing the culture of peak venture um it is to the point where it's growing itself. Um, it, it does speak for itself, and it's such an exciting um, vibration when you when you sort of step around it. But just also then venturing out and getting the tokens and getting the NFTs and getting this platform um, as a whole, and then getting the user base, all these other seed round investments and things that are going to fund other things as well. Is a there's a range of things being done now, um, but there's a, as you said right. It, the, the hero's journey never ends. I think it was you're saying. There's, there's, there's lots of things to come. Um, so yeah, I'll start there, man. Yeah, that's neat. So right now, you know, if if you're on the quest, right, you're building the peak venture ecosystem. Then um, what's the bottleneck, or what's the villain on the quest? What is keeping things from growing to the next level for peak venture? Because it sounds like that whole ecosystem idea is a vision that you're clearly moving toward. Um, what's the bottleneck for getting there? There's, there's no, there's, there's no real bottleneck. I think it's just time. Um, I mm. think, 
I think for most people in this position, it's just capital. As I said before, um, um, those seed round investments is, is just so that we can um, inject that cash flow, obviously, and, and, and just get that business to the next level. There's, there's, there's big investments that need to be made. But right now, it's just focusing on the users. So that's obviously that capital is coming in and um, the culture is growing. I, I don't really see much in the way of myself and all my team. Um, nice. What I see is just, you know, how do you continually do what you do well, um, do less of what you don't, um, improve on the skills that um, can make a million dollars within a month. Um, yeah. It, let's yeah. make it happen. Um, you have to be proactive and you have to um, show some common sense and um, just make a move. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So with the uh, process right now, can you break down a little bit further? I don't think I, I don't think I really caught the NFT crypto side and how it ties in with helping folks start uh, you know, people that have a skill and could launch a business. Are you investing in businesses? Are you issuing some kind of token for creators that you um, provide capital that way? Or yeah, give me a give me like the third graders version of what you guys are doing because I, I think I totally missed it. Well, there's a big network. There's a big um, sort of, let's just sort of like the largest scale ecosystem that's greater than me, greater than my business. You know, a lot of the um, the people I've been around, I've um, been in partnerships with them in the past. You know, they have equally as impressive businesses, businesses I care about just as much that are there to serve people and help people. So they have equal outcomes. Um, they do amazing things. The NFTs and tokens are obviously so that um, this is a currency or this is an access key that can be used within these companies as well. So it's it's creating that ecosystem. It's 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 creating a, a big playground um, for people. Um, I don't want to go into what these other businesses are doing because that's another massive um, sure. rabbit hole. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. For example, one of them is heading off to CryptoCon in Australia this weekend to um, launch their um, massive side of things. So, um, yeah, for, for the, for the tokens, of NFT specifically that that's, that's to come, but that's, that's quite a simple operation at the end of the day. Um, it's just sort of reaching towards connectivity, you know, bringing everything together. Mm. Okay. So I'm, I'm still <laughs> missing it. I think I must be extra dense. So, at Peak Venture, you are, are you talking about that's an investment, that's a capital investment that you're doing, or is it uh, something where you're helping to spin it up, or what's what's your agency's role in that? Like, are these just strategic partnerships where you all do like a joint venture, invest the capital together, um, some additional person runs it, or you all are helping do some portion of it? So these will be strategic partnerships, most of Okay, so we're, got it. We're, yeah, absolutely, man. Got it. Okay. And that falls under the peak venture umbrella is like a, a portfolio of strategic ventures that you all do. Um, and so that's a long-term investment. What generates cash for peak venture today? Awesome. So working with these people one-on-one, -on -one, working with these companies um, yeah. over a process, so over a time period, which is usually unique to the project. So whatever they're building, you know, in consultation, we'll, we'll discover what well, I will discover what that time frame will look like. Um, and then sort of just putting them on track to achieving that goal. You know, mindset, a large a large portion of it, of course, is um, the, the, the peak mental performance, the mindset section of things. 
um, the spirituality, which you and I are both passionate about, obviously, um, is, is another big rabbit hole that we kind of tie with the journey through to the, the, from the beginning to the end to change the trajectory of these people's lives. Um, and then the, the business foundations, the internal and external elements, and then heading through all the way through, man. Got it. Okay. So, uh, a person who's interested, they're coming from the fitness space, they're a personal trainer and they say, I'm really good at helping trainers. Yeah. Somebody who they say, I'm a cycling expert. I help people transform their lives through on a bike. Right. And they say, I don't know how to bring my business online and scale. And they come and talk to peak venture. Is that, is that the kind of vibe I'm getting? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely work with them. As okay. I said, um, they, they, they want to come, they want to perhaps just say their trainer wants to transition their business online. They want to launch their business online. That's, that's the common sort of example. You know what I mean? Or they'd yeah. like to scale their business, um, you know, may already be established online, most certainly. Yeah. One of the systems I always love hearing about are the prospecting systems. How does Peak Venture prospect or how do you, uh, do you guys use paid ads or what's the yeah, 80% marketing channel that just breaks through for you guys right now? So pretty much 100% of it, man, is, is organic. Um, my, my girlfriend is actually works for me as well. She works, uh, dare I say, she, I'll say she works with me. Um, <laughs> she, uh, she won't hear this podcast. We'll make sure like we block her IP. No way she's going to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So <laughs> a, a point of sitting and getting her on um, the, the organic marketing side of things, man. But that's, once again, a deep rabbit hole. It's a beautiful skill to learn. Um, but it's obviously very profitable um, for that reason. You know what I mean? Um, that's something I stepped away from the paid um, ads a little while ago and just started to develop the skill set uh, with the team in that area, and it's it's paying off really well. So that's one. Yeah, I, I know organic is a constraint for a lot of people. When you say organic, you're saying on Facebook, on Instagram, um, generating content and reaching out to folks that respond with or resonate with the content is that is that your experience of organic or what do you mean by organic absolutely so okay. leveraging all organic so, so, so methods so all the platforms etc cetera, etc cetera, creating yeah. that compelling content and then um a range of techniques to to get in front of these people and to initiate conversations and make a sale yeah so uh, how do you spark the initial curiosity right is it that you built a large follower base like get, give us a real uh, dive into that organic model because I know a lot of agency owners go, oh, I've done cold email or I've done paid media, but making the organic switch. There's some guys like what, Richard, you that have seen that are publishing it a lot. Um, but yeah, what's if somebody wants to dive deeper into organic, how would you approach it? Well, it's so important to look at the quality of your current audience, you know what I mean? And test, test your content out with them, you know, discovering whether or not that they are qualified for you and or what you're trying to accomplish. I think that when you get that information back, you can really do something with that information. It's, it's valuable information. You know, now that either a, you need to grow your audience and get in front of more people, qualified eyes, um, or you just need to do a better job of producing better content, maybe sure. refining your niche. Uh, maybe, maybe there's a bit of introspection that you need to do so that you can um, speak clearer um there's there's so many levels that this can be touched on you know what i mean um but definitely generating that traffic towards something that is valuable to a their problem because that's what a business is it's a solution to a problem you want them to yeah. see the solution um to their problem 
So there's, there's, there's two ways to look at that. Yeah, that makes sense. How do you tell your folks, like the personal trainer who's coming online, how do you tell them to develop qualified eyes, right? Because the audience question, it's a, it's like a critical step, right? It's something that I feel like often gets referenced and seldom gets uh, discussed of, yeah, how do you find the actual qualified people? So what was your experience with Peak Venture to get your audience of qualified eyes? <laughs> well, there was quite a long learning curve around that one. I bet. Um, and I feel like the reason it's not discussed is because it's different for a lot of people. Um, sure. it, the journey at least is different. It, it feels different. Um, for example, um, my mentors, the people that I've worked with in the past, um, my journey has looked nothing like theirs, although I've spent um, so much time and money learning from them, you know. So the, the process or in, in simple words, you know, is to get in front of these people. If you're using the organic outreach methods, then they're going to be in the Facebook groups. They're going to be in these communities that you can easily outsource and find to people. Um, and, you know, I think what this is boiling down to is something that I had to realize the hard way. It's, it's the idea of sales. You know, sales is never a fun thing for people to do, although sure. a lot of times it's not the best thing for people to do. I think people naturally tend to steer away from sales. You know, they don't want to be the sleazy salesman. Um, but at the end of the day, man, it's, it's, it's your duty. You have a solution to a problem that's your business. Um, you are a disservice to people if you're not going to go in there and hard sell them. Um, you have literally just taken your solution away from their problem. And I think that that's a terrible thing. So you need to resonate more, make love with the idea of sales. And man, what you'll see then is, is your eyes will open. Um, what you, what you accept and welcome then is opportunity, opportunity that's always been around you, you know, mm. not just these Facebook groups, not just with these, um, these, these little, um, you know, methods, um, you're just going to see it around you. And that's something that took me a long time to learn. Um, <laughs> but it is beautiful when you see. Absolutely. Yeah. It really surprises me too, actually, because uh, a lot of folks don't like being uh, or they'll, they'll like post about getting a cold call or a cold email or a, even an advertisement people complain about. And I've, I find some great solutions through cold emails or cold calls or after like I'm, it's been very helpful to my business. We've had a lot of success through taking cold calls and saying this person, if you can solve this problem for me, I would love to pay you for, to do it. And and there's this idea like, oh, if it came from a cold call or it came from like a DM, like it's spam and it must not be any good. Uh, but it, it doesn't follow, right? Like there's like it, if they can reach out and solve my problem, that just saved me a lot of time and a lot of research. And uh, I just, I'm surprised that it doesn't get uh, talked about a little more of like what a service it is to reach out. Right. And, and if somebody doesn't want the service, like there's the buying pyramid of Chet Holmes, where he talks about 3% of the, the, pro the market is in buying mode right now for your service. And that's fine. Right. You, you got to kiss a lot of frogs, but it, it does seem surprising of how much negativity there is around an attempted hard sell. They're like, Hey, mm -hmm. go for it. Like pitch me, please. <laughs> you need to, you know, as I said, uh, for, for the audience perhaps, or, or for people, it's, it literally happens to everyone. Um, so yeah. regardless of your scale in the market or where, where you're sitting in your business, 
it's na- it's a natural function of the mind. Excuse yeah. me. So that actually is an interesting question. So what do you wish someone would pitch you on right now? Oh, I, I, I would be more than happy to outsource all of my current tasks, you know, everything that <laughs> I need to do, um, because that opens up more time for me to uh, work on the business, firstly. Um, secondly, um, to refine processes and, and work on content and, and, and be with these people one-on-one. Um, rather than being behind the scenes. So that's a great question, you know, but the only reason I'm able to receive that is because I'm open to giving that. Um, I'm open to giving that to other businesses where I can help them accomplish that same thing. Yeah. Um, or or problems that might be more valuable to them personally, you know what I mean? So it's always good to look at where your hands are, you know what I mean? Um, are, they, are, they, are they open to receiving or are you just shutting off all these opportunities? Yeah. Um, it really says a lot about you if we're going to bite the bullet um it really it just says a lot about where you're going as well so if 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 i was to be sitting down with you and talking with you consulting you it, it really does tell someone like me um a lot about how the next five years are going to look mm, that actually it leads to another kind of pet theory i have on um investing right i think there's two kinds of thought processes. There's the cost idea, and then there's the ROI idea. And people that think in cost, I think have a very difficult time with business in general, because yeah, like if someone says, uh, here's this service, it's $100,000, you go, well, well, like maybe that's a deal, right? Maybe it's uh, a really great deal, or maybe it's extremely overpriced, kind of like buying a share of Amazon. If you say, do you want to buy a share of Amazon? I say, well, for how much, right? If it's $10, like definitely. And if you say it's a million dollars, like no way. And the, the ROI thing comes into it. So the place that I'm, I don't know this for sure, but I suspect a lot of entrepreneurs invest in the education, coaching, consulting. In the last 12 months, I've probably spent, I don't know, over $10,000 on coaching, consulting easily, right? How much do you think you've spent in the last 12 months on coaching, consulting courses kind of stuff? Um, it'll be $25,000. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I suspect there's some level, right? Like there is a diminishing returns where you can't buy every coaching course or have every mentor work with you. So if someone makes a hundred thousand dollars a year and they spend a hundred thousand dollars on coaching, there'd probably be a problem. But, uh, but it is really interesting because I think it's at least five figures for most successful people. Right. Well, yeah, I guess let, let's put that label on it. Um, successful people, you know what I mean? Um, people that are inspired by knowledge, you know, people that, sure. um, you know, really feel as if they don't know it all. Because when, when you know it all, that's, that's, when, you're, that's when you're in trouble. Um, whether it's unconscious thing or a conscious thing, that's, you're going to experience trouble, roadblocks, lack, yeah. almost, um, all sorts of different things. So as I was saying, in the past 12 months, Maybe 12 months ago, I made another $7,000 investment. So it could be even 32. Um, but it's a lot of money. But you, you, you get over that after you've made your first investment and you realize the returns for that investment. Providing you've done your due diligence and you, um, you're committed to the process, you'll see exponential returns. So, yeah. 
That's a great point too. And I, I think the commitment to the process, right? Like we, one of our whole thing at Agency Hacker is agency coaching and consulting for people who are trying to scale and trying to figure out how to free themselves up. And I actually said, we're not offering any refunds, right? Because this is, if somebody's coming in and asking about a refund, they're looking for an out before they started the process. Like there's, if you don't want to do it, no problem, right? I got zero issues with that. But, uh, but if you're not committed, then it's just, and I know it for myself, right? If I come in asking about the refund policy, then am I really committed to doing this thing? And the answer is a lot of times there's some other issue, right? If, if that like there's, and I know this is against Canon for a lot of folks, but it, it just strikes me as like, I want committed people to work with because if you're not committed, you're not going to see results anyway. It's like the head of a horse, you know what I mean? Where, where he looks, he goes. Um, yeah. Where you're, where you're, and as, as I always say, where your attention goes, your energy grows, it flows, it extrapolates, you know. It tends to bring more of the same as well. Yeah, that's a great point. So you mentioned just a second ago, too, of like the closed, the closed mind just is going to be limited on growth, which I think, yeah, we all agree with that. And the question, so what's your current question, right? Like I know for my, my current question is how do we convert a higher percentage? If we get a hundred leads at fortune 500 companies and we can get two appointments right now, how could we turn that into five appointments, right? Like that's my fundamental question that I go, if we can answer this question, we've released a lot of power into our business. Um, and trying different things like direct mail or whatever. But it's like, that's the question I ask every, every like vendor who cold emails me, that's my question to them, right? How can I do this? What's your question right now? Absolutely. Um, it's funny you say that actually, because I was having that conversation, um, was it last night or the night before? Um, there's, there's phases of this. The question is always the same. It's always dressed the same. It's a mannequin with different outfit on, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, you get to a point where you make your first high ticket sale, then you, then you maybe do that again, and then you do that again. And then the question will arise, you know, how do I make two high ticket sales this week? You sure. know, perhaps my closing rate is 25%. You know, I need to um, consult four people and make one sale. Um, how do I bring that to 50% or how do I get more conversations? Um, so it's always a, a question of efficiency and a question of, um, how to scale what I'm doing, you know, getting creative, I think is always an exciting question. Um, what can I do that's new and unseen in this market, untapped potential? Um, how much of that can I leverage? Is that even possible? Is that there? Um, I don't know. Maybe I should welcome my mind to that question. Um, and how do I, uh, the fundamental questions, as you were saying, very similar to yourself there, my friend. Um, you know, how do I increase that return on a weekly slash monthly basis? I'm closing more yeah. sales. Yeah, no, that's it. And do you do all of your own sales? Is it something where you have like a team that does sales as well? Or how do you structure that? Because I feel like that's another phase that people usually hit. I'm doing my sales. I'm doing all my sales. Um, although I'm teaching sales right now to, to implement that sales team. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah, that's exciting. It, it is, but it's like I almost don't want to give the sales responsibility to someone else because it's such an intimate process. Um, yeah. Um, you know, it's changing someone's life um, is, is a beautiful thing. And, um, yeah. you know, to be the first conversation to do that is, is, is a great thing. So, yeah. I And I actually, you know, there's a lot of uh, 
canon wisdom, right? There's stuff that people say, ah, oh, this is just how business works or this is just how things go. And, and I find a lot of it, it, it applies for one specific person, right? It applies for that business at that time. And, you know, it sounds like sales make you feel really alive, right? You, you feel very connected. You feel very alive. You feel like you see the change happening. And um, I, I think that my goal for like our clients, when they come into Agency Hacker, I say, what do you love doing and how can we get you doing only that, right? Because the idea of, oh, well, I should be a CEO, right? I think it's a terrible, I actually, I think that's very harmful advice because uh, very few, like I'm a terrible CEO. My business doubled when I left um, for a year to live in Chile and do mission work, right? Like it was, it was humbling, but it was just this gap in knowledge because I thought, oh, well, I started the company. I should be the CEO, right? I should build systems and I should extract myself and then I should be the investor one day. But it's, it, it actually like a lot of times what we should do, um, there's a, there's a guy who has a large financial publishing business. It's probably in the billions of revenue, maybe I have 500 million to 1.5 billion would be my guess. And he works as a writer. He, he obviously owns the thing, right? He has some partners, but he's a large shareholder in it. And he works as a writer. That's what he does because that's what God gifted him at. That's where his uh, real desire and passion lies. And the guy doesn't have to work. He doesn't have to do anything, but he goes, yeah, this is what I like doing. So this is what I do. And yeah, I, I think there's just often the like scale, scale, scale mindset that says, I have to be the one to scale my business. I have to be the one to do it. And yeah, I just, it's, it's not, it's great if it works out for that right personality type, but there's a lot of options I feel like. So there's so many ways around this. Um, the, 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 the gold is really in the partnerships and in the team building. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Cause that's what brings perhaps someone better suited to be CEO into your company. You know, um, yeah. for, I wouldn't wish being a CEO on anyone. Uh, especially for a big company you know what i mean it's like yeah i love how people that's all they want um you know but when you really touch into it and when you when you're really there you realize it's it's contradictory it's 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 the polar opposite of what you imagined <clears throat> you're very quickly going to get someone to come in and take over those responsibilities and you just better pray that they do a good job because you've waited too long um so that that's that's a fascinating thing for me as you said yes sales sales ignite me it 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 inspires me it makes me happy so i do a lot of that and responsibilities will be picked up and dropped off at different times in the existence of the business yeah you know that that makes total sense so sales sound like one of the questions i always like to ask is what thing brings you alive and it's it's like what thing in your business obviously there's a lot of things spending time with my wife brings me alive but like i don't do it much at work and uh what things you know bring you alive sounds like sales for you or, or is there an additional thing or something different you would say there's this thing it's called flow um and i think being waking up in the morning and getting into the day i get to ask myself if i'm in flow today and if i'm in flow i'm going to be able to write content if i'm in flow i'm going to be able to initiate conversations i'm going to be able to make big let's just call it <laughs> for the sake of it, executive decisions um, you make partnership decisions, um, you know, important phone calls. All of this stuff is, is sort of when you feel that that heart rate, that heart rate just slightly elevated. Um, it's you're in this flow state, and um, that's what ignites me. Closing a sale, you know, telling someone, "Hey, I'm 
I'm here, I'm ready, let's go, um, is, is a moment you just can't remake. Um, so, yeah, I don't want to get too poetic there, my friend, but um, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's a beautiful process if you're all about it. Yeah. So the converse then is the other thing. I think like, you know, knowing what to avoid is big too. What things do you die a little inside every time you do or things that are just so draining, right? For me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I love accounting reports. I love like the thing, but I just do not enjoy sending over receipts. I die inside every time I send a receipt. My accountant hates me for it. And it's just like, uh, I don't know why I hate it, but I just hate it, right? What what kinds of things in your business just nails on the chalkboard really kill all flow, all joy? It's funny you ask that because I'm just trying to think of that now. I don't know why it's not coming to mind. Um, I'm not trying to paint myself as someone who loves everything about my business. Yeah. Definitely not. Um, and you would 100% not believe me if I said that. But um, <laughs> yeah, Some people really do. have they, they enjoy the whole process. So no judgment. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm just trying to think. I think um, there's certain conversations, um, you know, like the head of HR, um, hiring and firing people. Um, there's, there's been some um, challenging times in the past where, you know, partnerships have gone astray, um, you know, and you've had to fire people that, that have, I've had to fire people that have put a lot of money and or time into the business. Um, but if it's not a, excuse my French, if it's not a fuck yes, then it's a fuck no. In my books, that's my philosophy, you know what I mean? So um, that's that's one thing that um, is never a nice thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. They, I think it's it's like a breakup, right? Where it's just, even when it's the right choice, it hurts for everybody. And maybe everybody's grateful later, but it's painful in the moment. Yep. Absolutely. Especially when there's potential, like obviously repercussions, um, you know, financial blows. Um, that that follow yeah and i think it's like you saw something good right you didn't hire them because you thought they were awful and you were going to fire them one day you hired them because you said we can be powerful partners together this is going to go somewhere right absolutely so yeah to answer your question i think that would probably be one of the main ones um yeah putting money aside for other expenses etc etc it's never a fun thing to do but I'm, I'm kind of like a child in a, in a candy shop you know what I mean? um let me just leverage 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 all this money and, and just grow but sometimes there's other time there's other purposes for it you know so there we are i think it happens for a lot of visionaries where we are uh, very good at spending Right. We're like, it's a little bit like, um, do you gamble at all? Just out of curiosity. I love poker and blackjack. Yeah. I avoid it like the plague because I know I would really enjoy it. And so I just go, this is not something I can mess with because I would, it's like, it just seems so fun. Right. And I feel like media buying or just general entrepreneurialism is that we're buying bets, right? Like we're buying options and we're trying stuff. And so you see potential and you're like, yep, I'll take that bet like very good you have, you probably have a strong decision making ability right where you're like i i'm gonna win eventually all my bets won't work out but the ones that win will pay for themselves absolutely so yeah well it's the um it's it's the moving laterally across the spectrum you know creative idea creative idea creative idea creative idea and then um often the challenge that visionaries uh, face is moving you know vertically up that spectrum you know actually yeah. following through with one idea you know um making sure that the attention is, is 
is all the way that way. It's extended to its max, you know. So definitely, um, that 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 would be one of the struggles that uh, you'd face, and why you would be drawn to something like gambling. How do you manage that? Because I think that's actually one of the biggest offerings that a coach provides, right? Is saying, "Hey, I demand you bring your attention vertically, right? Like here's." this thing that you could figure out on your own, right? This is not an issue of intelligence or ability, but I, I'm going to call more out of you than you would give by yourself, right? Is the whole idea behind any coaching company, any coaching program that I've, that I've had success with, that I've enjoyed working with. And how do you do it for yourself, right? How do you get yourself to go up the attention spectrum? I love that. I think it's, it's going deep into the mind now. Um, cause the mind has its tricks. I mean, you are a collection of thoughts. You are a collection of experiences throughout your lifetime. So the metric is time, you know, so separating you from your mind, um, you are not your mind. You are not your thoughts. Um, you are not these crazy ideas that raise your heart rate. You, you are more than that. Right. So I think when you, when you're able to step back beyond the eyes, um, and actually use your eyes as a tool to see what's going on. Um, you get to neutralize what's going on in front of you. There's no, that, that law of supposed polarity is, is no longer relevant in the, in this moment. Now I see this opportunity and I see that opportunity. They're both great. Um, and now I can sort of weigh it out uh, depending on how strategic I want to be or, or the lack of, um, I can really send it forward. I can send it up the vertical spectrum. Um, and I can, you know, give that my attention until I change it. But there's no more of this indecisiveness or this what if. That's that's the problem that's faced, you know what I mean? It's the what if, oh, I don't know, I need more counsel on this one, um, et cetera, et cetera, right? So it's always just about waking up into the day and for me personally, just getting into that state where, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm the one true John Templeton. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. You shouldn't Google John Templeton though, because there's a lot of those. We need to make sure we put your bio link in there because <laughs> we want the one true. I think you're, you have the real John Templeton, right? Is your Instagram? <laughs> the real John Templeton. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. That makes there's sense. John Templeton. There's another gentleman in Australia that's a ex, um, he, he's also a mindset coach, I think, um, which shocked me, but yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah, you guys are both doing great work, I'm sure, right? So just just before we move on from that, because I always think of like, I'm always looking to improve my ability to stick with it, right? Like to say, all right, I'm going to stay with this thing. Um, do you think you have much of a shiny object uh, temptation or really it's not much of an issue and you you feel really at peace with it? I'm just curious. Oh, it's terrible on a Monday. <laughs> It's a right on a Tuesday. It, it tends to go away on a Wednesday and then it's back on the Thursday. Um, you know, sometimes it's back on the Friday. It didn't, it didn't show face on Thursday at all. My point is it's like, once again, a natural function of the mind um, to whatever degree. I think for me, um, based off my culture and my upbringing, it's something I've always tended to look out for. I've always been very much reward oriented versus consequence oriented. So I love to look for that shiny golden apple. Um, it's what motivates me and what it's what inspires action. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's a very various ways I could sort of flow on that question, but, um, 
I'd say it's ever improving. Let's just say that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. No, it makes total sense. Well, oh man, this has been a lot of fun. I, I know that uh, you know, it's been a longer episode than sometimes we plan, but it's just like, I just see where God takes it because the episodes start and the, sometimes they could just go for a long time. Um, you know, this is a random one, but it, I always like to end with just book recommendation, right? Uh, and I asked the question a couple different ways and say whatever resonates with you. First way is what book, What and we could say a business book, right? There's a lot of great fiction books, but what kind of professional development book, one that's impacted your career, have you read more than three times? Hmm. I love the ebooks um, and the, the books as well. Um Right now, reading through the um, biography of Elon Musk, I think, oh, yeah. I think I think that one brings a lot of value. Um, reason being, uh, the reason why I go through that again and again is because it it brings a lot of perspective to what you think adversity is and what real adversity is. Um, a lot of it just brings so much perspective to that. Mm, no, it's powerful. Yeah. I, I do get surprised sometimes of like, it's like, oh, my air conditioner went out. It's like, oh my goodness, life is so hard. Like, how am I supposed to work in these conditions? What's going on? So, yeah. And then the last question is what moonshot guest, right? We, we like, our goal is to have uh, agency owners, right? It's a real specialized, it's a niche podcast we have here on Agency Hacker. We're looking for agency owners or people that help agency owners very specifically. What moonshot guest? Right? Maybe like Elon Musk could be somebody like that for you as a moonshot guest. Would you say we should go for? Hmm. I suppose I'm, naturally I'm thinking more towards like the mindset, like a, a, a or That's like great. A, a Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, What's his name again? Dr. Joe Dispenza. Okay, Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Got to Google him. You'll know when you see. (laughs) Yeah, I see that one now. It's on YouTube. Okay, I'm going to check that out. Well, John, this has been really great to hear a little bit more about the spirituality you bring to work, the mindset you bring, the uh, open questions you have right now. And I'm, I'm really grateful you took the time to come on. If people want to get in touch and say, hey, I, I just want to know more about you. I want to connect. What's the, what are the best channels to reach you and best methods? Awesome. Well, firstly, I want to say thank you as well. It's been a, it's been a great chat. I don't even know how long we've been on here. Um, <laughs> it flows, right? Yeah. Um, but for reaching me and my Peak Venture community, um, firstly, on Facebook, there's a Facebook group um, named Peak Venture Community, which is a free group for everyone to join. Yeah. On Instagram, it's the real underscore John Templeton. So the real one, don't forget that. <laughs> and on Facebook, obviously, John Templeton, and you'll see me there with my um, with my profile there. So shoot a DM and be part of the, the ever-growing ecosystem. Yes. Well, I'm really glad that we connected, and uh, I'm excited to hear. I think that this is like a show where I like having repeat guests come back on, right? Because in six months, in a year, in two years, people are, are – They've answered that open question. They got a new open question and that hero's journey never ends. So excited to see as you move through the hero's journey. And thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Cheers.